0: What would you do if you had magical powers? Well, if you're Max Merlin, you'd be working as a San Francisco auto mechanic and hanging out with 15-year-old boys. It's Mr. Merlin, the show about the mystical wizard living in modern day, 1980s. Join us for a magical adventure inside the idiot box. Okay, welcome back. Once again, we're here with Jeff Griffith. Hello. Josh Parker. Hello. I'm Dennis Satterfield. Hello. And uh, we've got Scott Berklin. Hello. And I wanted to address something with Scott before we got into this episode. Uh, Previous episode, you made a mistake on something. Is that right?
1: I did. um, And I feel like uh, I need to uh, be nerd penalty boxed on this one. You know, it, it wouldn't be us if we weren't at least half right or at least notionally right. But I did, in fact, get um, a key piece of information that I, in fact, bragged about in the episode wrong. What are we talking about?
0: Yeah, for those of you that don't remember here, let's... um...
1: Yeah, let's let's roll that clip. (laughs) Previously, on Inside the Idiot Box. Incidentally, because, you know, my brain just likes to go everywhere that it can... Um, did you know that the, uh, I want my $2 kid from, uh, Better Off Dead is young David Lee Roth in the Hot For Teacher video. So the next time you watch the Hot For Teacher video, look at him and you'll go, hey, that's the I want my $2 kid from Better Off Dead. So the moral of the story here is my brain goes uh, in every direction except the direction of accuracy, apparently. Mm, Yeah. Um, So I was sort of partially there. Um, So it turns out and, you know, this is how seriously we take this, people. We actually research these (laughs) things after the episode is done. So uh, for those of you who are fans of A Christmas Story, Grover Dill, who is Scott Farkas's uh, toady little sidekick, oh, yeah. um, is actually who I was referring to. Uh, it's an actor named uh, Yano Anea. And Yano is in Better Off Dead, but he's one of the gaggle of paperboys. He is oh not God. the I want my two dollars paperboy. And he is in fact one of the kids in the Hot for Teacher video, uh, portraying the young band members. But he is in fact young Michael and not young David Lee Roth. So, Jesus, um, I, I accept your scorn. I deserve your scorn, and I hereby <laughs> uh, uh, seat myself in the nerd penalty box for today's episode.
0: All right. Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a uh, a penalty. You have to repent for your mistake um, and you're going to listen to Van Halen's Running with the Devil 10 times in a row I will but not no but not not like the original version I'm talking about the version where it's just David Lee Roth's vocals
1: Oh Oh yes Yes Also So I uh bozy bozy Zitty, bop!
2: All right, we'll just <laughs> it
1: keeps not, on going. I'll
3: tell you all nice. about it. All
2: right. Also, you have to listen to it while running on a treadmill.
1: Yes.
0: For 10 minutes. <laughs>
4: running on the treadmill.
3: All
0: right. Well, thank you for clearing that up, uh, Scott. I appreciate that. That was and, uh, brave. Yeah.
1: That was brave. You know, I I I feel like um, it's important to get it out in the open that we will get uh, many things substantially wrong oh, yeah. on this podcast. So. oh yeah, why not boast not, about it?
4: But not on this next episode. I think we've got this no. one locked. Everything that we say is going to be a
2: hundred percent right. <laughs> we've got a few of these under our belts. We're professionals at this point. That's right.
0: <laughs> Speaking of today's episode, um, let's talk about it. It is a uh, a television show called Mister Merlin. Oh, boy, um, what? Jeff, why don't you do us the honors of telling us about Mr. Merlin?
4: This is a classic show about Merlin, the magician of King Arthur fame, who is now living in San Francisco in disguise as a Mr. Max Merlin, who owns and works out of an auto shop while helping people on the down low with his magical powers. Because he's getting older and falling behind on his duties, the so-called high council of magic forces him to find an apprentice he happens to keep a crowbar in a bucket as far as we know in a, (laughs) a bucket of hardened cement outside of his shop and when some young upstart named zach rogers pulls it out merlin offers the kid a job as a mechanic and magical apprentice it turns out later that the crowbar is in fact excalibur itself and that's just was hidden there oh so Supporting characters include Alex, an 1,100-year-old magical blonde, and Leo Samuels, Zach's best friend. The show aired for one season, from 1981 to 1982, with 22 episodes under its belt.
0: And I had never... Heard of the show.
4: Really? Same. I had heard of the show. I watched only a couple episodes though.
1: I I was in absolute love with it, um, which is why I wanted to suggest it as one of my first episodes. And what's also great about the particular version that we watched on YouTube is it was from a VHS that was taken in Tampa, Florida. I grew up in a, a small city uh named Pinellas Park in the Tampa St. Pete Clearwater area. So this is the version commercials and all that I would have watched uh, back then. <laughs> so uh, uh, surreal on many levels for me.
0: Mm. Yeah. And it, it, t- it takes two worlds uh, that you love so much, uh, Scott. It takes magic and old men, and it sticks yeah. them together.:
1: <laughs> That's and, right. two uh, great tastes that <laughs> taste great together.: You've got your
0: magic and my old man. You've, You've got, got your one. old man and my magic. Uh, All right. Well, let's listen to the, the the theme song real quick. What do you guys think about that?
1: I, uh, you know, I have, I, I let's, have it. let's do because this is a great example of something that you don't hear or see enough anymore in TV right. shows. So let's let's do it and then talk about it. Let's <laughs> all listen to it. All right, here I'm we go. I'm not going to listen.
2: Autowerkstatt ist zwar nicht gerade Camelot, aber hier macht dich mit Kanschhaft mit Zack. Ich ein Zauberer, aber allein, das heißt jetzt nicht mehr, man hat mir eingeredet,
3: ich okay, brauche einen
1: right. Lehrling. Das here. ist something's wrong here. Godding it. Dennis, make with the real version, Machschnell. <laughs> I'm a Luton. Okay. Nein. Huh. It sounds more patriotic
4: now. Working in a garage
3: is not exactly Camelot, but it's where I met Zack. <laughs> I'm a wizard who works alone. Not anymore. Now they tell me I need an apprentice. And he's it. The Merlin? Well, you have to be over 1,600 years old. Well, I do
4: 30 push-ups a day and I don't eat fried food. All
0: yeah, right, that, That's enough of that. So what you were talking about, Sakat, was uh, the fact that this particular theme song helps sort of introduce what the show is about. Yeah, that we they've do got that this
1: narrative where they basically go, hey, we're just going to tell you. Everything right. that's going on and, and, you know, it's, it's equal parts kind of dated because you hear it and you think of like the seventies and the eighties, but, you know, also brilliant in a way, because it's like, you can drop into a show at any given time. And if you watch that intro, you go, okay, I, I kind of get where they're at.
0: Right. But then again, it's ridiculous that the show's been on the air for like 10 years and they're still doing that.
1: Well, I think <laughs> exactly. I think a lot
4: of those shows in the first season ran that in the first two or three episodes, they they do that bumper in the front and to help kind of explain what the hell the show is about. And then after season one, they just drop that and then you just get the credits. But they just never lasted long enough to get rid of that in this case.
0: No, <laughs> no they did not. Uh, what is do you, do you remember a, a TV show that used to do that, that that uh...
1: Uh, heart? Well, heart to heart was famous for doing it. Yeah, my boss. <laughs> Go on. Just that, my boss. <laughs> <laughs> when they got together, it was Moida. Wait. This is my boss. Watch, 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 watch. my <laughs> god. It's like you read my mind. This is some pretty heavy disco music for an 80s, home, right? This is Mrs. It really is. you seriously
4: got, got some nice. Big uh, on the Waka
1: Chica. Yeah. Nice bass. By the
4: way, my name is
1: Matt. My boss, inventor of the wawa pedal. I take care of it. Which ain't easy.
2: Because their hobby is murder.
0: Oh, wait a second.
2: Huh.
4: Their wait hobby second. is murder? Kind of a 007 I, vibe there. going.
0: Wasn't it when they
1: met it was murder? I, maybe they changed it at some point.
0: Well, this is... I just looked this on YouTube. It's season one opening theme. So maybe in the, in the uh. opening...
1: See, they didn't get rid of it, they just refined.
0: They made it that much better.
1: So the soundtrack on Mr. Merlin
4: is, like, pretty sophisticated. I noticed it throughout the episode. I felt like there was actual money in it, and and maybe not, but it just sort of like, when you watch BBC shows, they all have that sort of like, we actually had an orchestra get together and record this, and you don't typically see that in American shows. So I, that did stand out. I know they were going for that, you know, he's you know, middle ages type.
1: Yeah, no, uh, you've got the sort of classical music with the horn section and yeah, it's, it's actually, it's impressive. Ken Harrison, who uh, did the music also did a lot of work on dynasty, did a lot of work on the Colby's (sighs) and all of those kind of had fantasy Island. All of those had that sort of really well produced, like orchestral kind of soundtrack to them. Heart to heart. Um, he did a couple of episodes of that, so hmm. yeah, that's something I miss nowadays because I, I assume it's all uh, more or less computerized. So it it gets close, but it's not quite. They're there. just like beep, pop, beep, boop, beep, pop, <laughs> yes. beep. I am boop, a robot. <laughs> this is a robot soundtrack. Now, I think we should also talk as uh, as we get into the episode about the fact that uh, this is not a studio audience show. No, Um, but is using laugh track, which was sort of beginning to phase out at that point. In fact, you know, late 70s, early 80s was the uh, the era of of all in the family was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Um, So it was you didn't see a lot of these at that time.
4: It was really disconcerting. And and uh, it made me realize how I don't exactly know who gets to decide the laugh track, if it's the director or the editor or what. but it did kind of strike me like almost like an experiment like you sort of lose our trust when you're laugh tracking stuff that's not really funny
3: <laughs> right
4: and it's sort of like when they when there is something legitimately funny and they have a laugh track you're sort of like i don't know if I... <laughs> you starts questioning it in a weird way yeah
0: <laughs> um I don't know uh, if you were going to go into this or not, uh, Scott, but there were some pretty famous people that directed episodes. Yeah,
1: there are. So this this particular episode is uh, directed by it's uh, I guess we should say off the bat. It's called Alex Goes Popless, um, which obviously, you know, and, and I'm learning this as we go back and and watch a lot of these uh, 70s and 80s show Everything was so sexualized um, back then, so clearly it is supposed to be a riff like Alex goes topless. Um, but we'll get it. We'll get into what that means um, as we we get into the episode.
4: It took me literally like three views before I realized the pun.
1: Where you went, oh, it's the boobs thing. <laughs> so yeah, this was directed by a director named James Frawley, who you. May not know the name, but uh, you uh, most assuredly know this individual. He did a ton of stuff um, between both TV and movies. But probably the two things he was most known for was he directed a ton of Monkeys episodes. Yeah. I think he may have directed oh, wow. more than any other director. Um, also um, directed the Muppet movie, yeah. the first Muppet movie. Holy cow! And uh, out of the twenty-two episodes um of this series that were made uh Bill Bixby uh TV's incredible hulk directed uh six of them so yes. that was him uh getting his his uh foot into the uh pool of directing
4: i thought the uh, the actor the actor who played uh Adams was directed directed on this did i misread that or the am director I a... that
0: played Adams are you talking <laughs> about up. John Aston yes yeah. yes he directed the pilot
4: that's what I have you brainiacs for. <laughs> he played John Adams, right?
1: Yeah, That's right. <laughs> that's
4: the role... I just figured if I threw out enough, like, little, like, <laughs> morsels, one of you <laughs> would figure out what the hell I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> Jeff is, that's how he does conversations. He, he like a Google search, he just kind of puts right. in I two do. words, and then we'll pick up on the rest.
4: I 100% true. I just throw in, like, all of the things that I know are basically in the recipe, <laughs> and eventually something
1: will pop up. Oh, just say words, and you'll figure the rest out.
0: Um, so, yes, John Aston directed The Pilot, Bill Bixby directed a bunch of episodes, and uh, James Frawley, who directed the Muppet movie, also directed the episode that we're watching, or that we watched. Yep. Alex goes to Popless.
1: And you'll see a lot of uh, crossover um, amongst both the cast members and the directors, so... Uh, Bernard Hughes, who is Mr. Merlin, Mr. Max Merlin in this. Most people probably know him best from he's the wacky grandfather in Lost Boys. And he's also the dual role of uh, Walter Gibbs and uh, Dumont in Tron. But he played a character named Buzz Richman in Blossom. And uh, coincidentally, uh, Jonathan Price, who is Leo, the sort of wacky sidekick in this uh, to the male lead, uh, later got out of acting and became primarily a writer. He also wrote a number of episodes of Blossom. So you see and you see this a lot in the the 70s, 80s stuff, a lot of this cross pollination. Yeah. Um, Clark Brandon, who's... uh, Zach, who's the, you know, the the male lead in this, Zach Rogers, um, he did a ton of stuff for, like, Fantasy Island and Wonder Woman and Love Boat and Facts of Life, as did the female lead, um, who plays Alex, Elaine Joyce, like, you saw her in everything in the mm-hmm. 70s and 80s, She's Love Boat, Fantasy Island, Incredible Hulk, Days of Our Lives, uh, Murder, She Wrote, and even chased it a little bit into the 90s, um, doing stuff like Beverly Hills, and You know, it's funny that when we were watching the uh, Misfits of Science episode, we talked about how the female lead in that is trying so hard to be model like and pose and do all of these things. And she comes off almost as like asexual in it. And Elaine Joyce is just she couldn't be more adorable. in this. like I had the biggest crush on her in this series.
0: Um, Well, what do you say we go into uh, the actual episode itself? Jeff?
1: So this this
4: is uh, season one, episode 14, as Scott said, Alex goes popless. And in this episode, Alex overuses her magical abilities, which she calls her pop and burns out and can't do magic anymore. And without magic, she'll grow old quickly and die.
0: Well, is that what it is? She can't do magic or she can't like teleport. I thought popping meant the pop. She from couldn't one place get herself too- money.
4: She couldn't get herself food. She couldn't make nothing. She can't, she's got no magic. Well,
1: and and they don't really, beyond the pop, she's sort of the mystery of season one that obviously will never be explained to us. um, Because she's on this mysterious, or she's the liaison between Merlin and this mysterious council and so they never really address what she is, other than she's somehow not human but she's not him she's not merlin either
4: yeah there yeah there is sort of a implication that she's just sort of a physical manis- manifestation of magic itself almost and that once magic is gone she just sort of like goes away yeah, or something but she they didn't ages, really get into it. she
1: gets uh, gray hair and wrinkles the bane of existence of women everywhere yep obviously
0: that's the worst
1: Yes, we were still very much playing on stereotypes in the 80s, folks. <laughs> Nobody wants to see her popless when she's old. No, no. Well, an 11-year-old <laughs> uh, Scott Berklin wanted to see her popless.
4: Well, it it goes right into our first commercial break. And our first commercial was a Maxwell House commercial. Mm-hmm. Best well known for, it's. they used the percolation sound as their sort of like... <laughs> I guess theme song. Like, what is that? A jingle? A jingle? That's a jingle. That's it back is a jingles
0: jing- riffing. Do you want to hear it? Let's do it. Let me hear. It. I'll, 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 play the, it. the that commercial. Honey,
3: breakfast. The jingle. Mm, great coffee. Yeah, it's Maxwell House Master Blend. Oh,
2: isn't that supposed to save his money?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It only tastes expensive. Master Blend, a special blend of 100% coffee. We make a special way so you can save money. Master Blend, it only tastes expensive.
1: <laughs> I have to like oh jump in God. and say, I the like the jingle's iconic to me. And I yeah. think sure. if you grew up in, in, you know, any kind of a time period where they played those commercials for Maxwell House, you know that jingle. What I had forgotten... Was they're they're boasting about this shit's cheap as hell? (laughs) Yeah, Um, I didn't realize that. But it's not bad. (laughs) It doesn't taste bad. That's what I was thinking. They're like, they got,
4: they're just building this up. You're in this East Coast beach house. You've got a dog. Sweaters. It's cold. I'm coming in.
3: Breakfast. And they're like,
4: it's a special blend of 100% (laughs) coffee that's right (laughs) it's made in a special way
1: it's made in a special way it was like we swept it off the factory floor
0: blended with other shit we found
1: and you know when you look at all of those visual indicators they give you these people could afford better yeah i feel like they probably (laughs)
4: yes they've got a they've got a beach house in the hamptons or something they can fucking buy some coffee but one other small point for the youngins who are listening to this episode is what the fuck is percolation, you ask?
0: Ah, oh, yes, it makes that sound. And
4: why, it, like that sound, is so iconic with make the making of coffee, but not for anybody who has been drinking coffee since nineteen eighty eight. That whole technology of which is which is in, if I can try to explain it incredibly quickly, is you've got boiled water that is once as it's heating, it gets pushed up through a center cylinder, that then Will splash out of the cylinder onto coffee grounds that are on top of the this device, and will filter the water through. And so it just keeps that circulation going, and eventually it'll go through the ground so many times that it will create like you know strong coffee. So the longer you percolate, the stronger the coffee will be. But that whole but it
0: didn't sound like doo doo doo
4: doo doo. Yes, it did. That's Mind that's it. what's crazy is it sounded it exactly like that. I but drink
2: dark roast, so all my coffee plays uh, Bauhaus when I brew it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Josh is firing up his coffee maker. Love, love will tear us apart. That's uh, Joy Division. Yes, why not? Uh,
2: oh, yes, but I do have a Joy Division app for my coffee maker. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, okay. duh.
4: So the other commercial was a Hershey commercial. It's a music video, basically. And I mean, we were talking about jingles with the Maxwell House, but Hershey and maybe Coca-Cola, in my childhood memory, really nailed their jingles back in those days.
0: Yeah. Here, I'll, uh, I'll play
4: it.
0: Oh my God, all of them went on once. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. I'll
2: buy it! Just turn it off! <laughs> yeah, give me a goddamn piece of
4: chocolate! <laughs> if you'll just make it stop! <sighs>
0: Hang on. <laughs> Hang on a second. Uh, here we go. Hershey is filled
4: chocolate. I love that Hershey, Hershey bar. Hershey is That's something
3: special no matter where you are. Anytime you want
1: delicious chocolate, there's no need to go looking very far. Cause Hershey is the great American,
3: great American chocolate bar.
1: Wow. Do they jingle like that these days? I don't know. I don't feel
4: like they do. And I remember almost like it was tattooed into my brain. The horse carriage driver's Hershey's great in the way it was timed into the song. Just all of that really impacted me in a way that like some ad guy was getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars at a time to do just that. It's like I didn't want a candy bar, but I knew that song and I knew every little beat of that song
0: all right then we're out of the commercials back to
4: we're we're actually at act one all right um act one at max's garage merlin is in a good mood as he's looking forward to a three-day weekend as he and his apprentice zach work on the car alex magically pops in to get an opinion on her new outfit that requires her to travel to Madrid, Paris, and parts of unknown to complete. To finish the car repair, Merlin asks Alex to pop off to Japan to get it. She pops back with the part and pops off again for more shoes. Moments later, we get a call from Alex saying she has a problem. Mr. Merlin impatiently tells her to meet him at home later so he can finish the car and start his three-day weekend.
0: Um, This is the first time we see J- uh, Zach, right? He's supposed to be a teenager, but he looks like John Davidson. Is that? <laughs> he's like in his 30s.
4: Yes, he's supposed to be 14 or 15, I think. Yeah. Let's look it up. And he is not in fact 14 or 15.
1: <laughs> Very much no, not so.
0: No. Um He was uh, 23. <laughs>
1: he was 23. I just looked it up. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, a spry- a sprightly 23.
0: Ah, oh, geez, Mr. Merlin. <laughs> I got to go pick up my kids. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I, I think for me, one thing that jumped out of this scene was the the innocence of the scene. Zach says, I've never seen you so happy before. And he said, I've never seen you work in the garage before. And he, he immediately follows it up with no offense, only kidding. Just just <laughs> teasing. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you know, like that does not that kind of like a take back on a burn doesn't exist today. Well,
1: and we should add, he's how we know that he's happy is when Zach walks in, uh, Max Merlin is underneath of a car working on it, singing When Irish Eyes Are Smiling, yeah. which uh, I think you only see in shows like this and Bugs Bunny cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that song is ever sung any other time. Um, he also says he wants
0: to get out of there because uh, he's, he's happy he's going to start his three-day weekend.
4: Yeah, I, I had that same sort of like idea Hmm. of like uh that's a big deal
0: when you're merlin yeah every day is the weekend you can do you've got your (laughs) magic you can do whatever you want you can
1: add days you can subtract days can you
0: maybe you can't Ah. maybe uh, here's the thing we don't understand about max merlin what powers does he have what is what can he do well he can
1: create pops we learn that later on
0: he can speak german we know that
4: too (laughs) so (laughs)
1: he's very good at that Now, I, I actually made a note that uh, at the end of what act are we on? 17, 18, something like that. This is act yeah. one. Um, oh, dear. Uh, it, the act sort of wraps up or the scene wraps up with Merlin appearing to get mad for no reason because he really doesn't know what's going on in the episode <laughs> yeah. yet. Yeah. But Zach actually asks him, still happy. And I was just like, well, what, what made him angry? I don't understand. Oh, he he just can't start his three-day weekends. He Well, he could still do that. And, you know, he's... I, yeah, like, I don't know, it, I guess. What is being asked of him at this point is, you know, to to help Alex try to... For, and I don't remember if we said this um, already, but um, Alex is having problems with her pop, which is her teleportation. Unknown to anybody uh, right.
4: at this point, but it is happening at the end of this, this act.
1: Yeah, so we don't we know she's having a problem, we just don't know what the problem is. She yeah. asks Mr. Merlin to meet her at his house. Um yeah. and well, he that, insists. that the, the act <laughs> of of meeting her at the house somehow makes him angry and I was not certain that It's a good point
4: because it's Friday, we presume. Is it Friday or Thursday, guys? This is an important...
0: Doesn't matter. Okay,
4: so he's... <laughs> this is... <it's laughs> so the, he's Merlin. It's, it doesn't fucking matter. It's the day before his <laughs> three-day weekend. And right. before he can start his three-day weekend, he has to finish fixing the car that's in his shop right now.
1: Right. And he gets the car part. Yeah. She, she, but b- right. Before so, she has her pop issue, she brings so that you're back.
4: Gonna, I, think you're, I'm, I guess I'm supporting Scott in saying this is an excellent point. What is Merlin's fucking problem? But I he's, think
0: all of that is probably, none of that really matters because he's Merlin. Why can't he just no, like snap I think his you're fingers the and point. fix the car?
4: He fix, fix, finishes that car. He can start his three-day weekend. He's actually got a three-and-a-half-day weekend. He's cheating the system.
0: Well, it was very odd that he was so upset anyway. I, I yes, 100% I agree. Confused, all of a sudden,
4: he was just <laughs> mad because, you know, she was calling. I guess maybe maybe the idea was he was mad because... She was bugging them so much; it was just like the last straw. But I, for me, that would have been red Maybe. flags. Like, I get a call from her. Why didn't she just pop back? I don't understand.
0: And and speaking of her popping back and forth, she uh, she's wearing an outfit. She goes away. She comes back. She's wearing another outfit.
1: Yeah, those those women and their outfits. You know how it is. Is she is she stealing those clothes? Is that what
0: we're inferring here? Like. It, she couldn't have had enough time in between popping in and popping out to, you know, have the, the person at the store ring it up. She just appears in that outfit.
4: Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, when she goes to get the Japanese outfit, it's instantaneous. She leaves to go get the, the auto part and comes back in a complete, like, co- kabuki-type outfit. And I was like, there was no Geisha. time. like
0: Geisha.
1: Geisha, sorry, I apologize, Geisha. Well, and she's talking about getting expensive shoes, and
0: yeah, it's very, very, very strange. I, I, and we just learned later on she has no concept of money, so I just figured that she was ripping off these high retail. Yeah, there's
1: some uh, wonderfully sexist credit card jokes later in the episode. Ooh,
0: wonderfully sexist,
3: deliciously
1: <laughs> sexist. <laughs> so, if I may, Act Two. Later,
4: outside his home, Merlin is bringing his groceries in. When he hears an argument coming from a nearby city bus, when he investigates he finds Alex being held on the bus by the driver because she can't pay. We find out that Alex has lost her pop.
1: Dun, dun, dun. And
4: a very young Scott Berklin is so happy.
1: That's right. Now she has to walk slowly everywhere. <laughs> She's um, got no pop on. She's popless. My. So I, one of the things I wanted to talk about in this scene is uh, Mr. Merlin has to uh, rescue her off the bus. She's being held on the bus because she can't pay the bus fare um, to get off to the bus driver. And this is something you see throughout the short life of uh, this series, that there's a number of like relatively well-known actors peppered throughout. So you have this drunk on the bus who's an actor named Woodrow Parfrey, And, you know, he appeared in like a ton of stuff, like he's in a a lot of Clint Eastwood stuff. He's in the original Planet of the Apes. Um, But I made a note that I'm like, when did we all agree that this stereotype of drunk is it? That's the drunk because this is the same, you know, drunk uh, sort of acting, if you will, that you see in like Back to the Future with, you know, crazy drunk drivers like, I mean, it's just straight up, like, cartoonish, again, Bugs Bunny, like, levels of this is what a drunk yeah. person is.
0: It's, uh, it's the Foster Brooks. It really drunk. is. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. Also, in, in this scene, we learn that uh, Merlin uses his magic to judge people by making a <laughs> bottle of... Exactly. The homeless guy was like, hey, man, can you use your magic power to get me a bottle of booze? And he makes a bottle of milk appear and like say, like, hey, you should drink that instead. I had to yeah, look I, I, up.
1: I made a note that he, he saved his liver and then gave him a heart attack from the oh. cholesterol in the milk. I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be shitting myself tonight. He
4: asked for a <laughs> bottle of muscatel. And I was like, the hell is that? And it was <laughs> a post prohibition table grapes raisin (laughs) mixed with sugar and cheap brandy like it was this table wine you might
1: which is also how i've been described it was
4: like grapes raisins sugar and brand cheap
0: brandy i was like (laughs) hey uh, here's a question for you why
1: do you have to pay to get off the bus is that a thing I, yeah, that's You're a quiet. really good question. You're supposed to pay when you get on the bus. Yeah, that's a good point. That's what I thought. Maybe she promised him. She's like, when we get to the stop, really, I'll, I'll take care of this. Weird. Or she popped into the bus. That was her last act.
0: No, she called him on the phone, unless there's a bus phone. That's
4: true.
1: You're right. You're right. This is, this is crap. Who is the writer? They, they were very sophisticated at that time in San Francisco. So,
0: <laughs> Speaking of San Francisco, uh, Max pulls up right in front of his townhouse. Yeah. He finds parking right yeah. in the middle of the <laughs> well, street he's right He's fucking
4: there. Merlin, dude. He's Obviously,
0: like, he's the world's greatest wizard if he can find parking in San Francisco. <laughs> um, th- also, this is the second time that Max does something magic with money. Like he made dollars turn into yen in the previous scene. This one, he, he yeah. uh, materializes a couple of bucks for, for Alex to get off the bus. Um, let me ask you a question. What would you guys do if you had magical powers? what would you like what's one thing that you would do hmm.
4: is it to skip these shows
1: <laughs> <laughs> i would conjure a second season of mr merlin so that all of these <laughs> questions true. could be answered
4: you know and bless your heart because that's a great and generous thing to to wish for because this poor show really deserves to kind of explain itself <laughs>
0: but here's the thing all the actors would have to come back in present day oh Eating
1: brains and whatnot. Yes, including uh, all the dead ones. Oh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Brains.
1: Brains. So where is brain-eating Bernard Hughes now?
2: In in that case, my power would be to bring back the cast members of Mr. Merlin who are no longer with us. That would be my power. So that we could have another season...
0: And my power would be to murder all of the cast members of Mr. Oh,
2: really. <laughs> Interesting. Right after you brought them back, there'd
0: out. be a conflict oh, wow. there.
4: I don't know who okay. would eventually win because it's just like whoever gets bored of killing and/or resurrecting would. No, no, win.
0: no. You get one shot. This is just one shot. One, one match. One piece of magic. So, well, Josh, Desh, you does your
2: does, does your magic power also include killing the the members of the cast that are still alive? <laughs> is it like everybody's gone?
1: Or is it yeah. just the ones that are
2: brought back?
4: That kind of Oof. shit is
1: how the universe gets destroyed.
4: Right? But I think then, ultimately, it would end up exactly the way it is again, because Dennis would kill everybody he can kill, and Josh would bring it back everybody he can bring back, and it would just look exactly the same.
1: <laughs> it's a zero-sum game.
0: <laughs> well, something to think about anyway. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: think about that at home people <laughs> <laughs> that's what i would do with my magical powers
0: i wouldn't create money i would just kill people that josh brought back to life
1: oh, man. Oh, Wow. <laughs> just follow him around all day long nope 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 <laughs> denied wow uh yeah all right well
4: so act three <laughs>
0: let's resurrect act three
4: act three inside merlin's home so Alex frets about losing her pop as Merlin assures her that this will all work out. But we, you know, we can tell he's really actually concerned and we can tell because the music from here on out for for Alex seems to have this really sad quality to it.
0: Here, here. So I'll I'll, I'll play a little bit of the scene and the, the music uh, that plays through it. Um, here,
4: here's what it sounds like. Now, don't you worry. Old Max will take care of everything.
3: What if I'm stuck here forever? Oh, I'm not a real person, you know. You're a real person to me, Alex.
2: Are you sure you can make me another pop? Piece of cake. Can you make me a piece of cake?
1: (laughs) Uh, And a cup of tea. I didn't have any lunch. Uh, thanks, Max.
4: I feel better already. I'm in good
0: hands,
2: and I know everything's going to be okay.
4: There it is. Oh, it's mm. so sad. She's not going to be okay, guys.
3: <laughs>
4: Alex, you have cancer.
3: <laughs>
0: and the audience laughs. I got to say, Bernard Hughes is way too good of an actor for the show. He, yeah. he, he brought out the big
2: guns I think Yeah, he they, is, they yeah.
1: really both are like the scenes yeah. with them together it's yes. like you know these guys should be on Broadway doing something yeah. they're, they're they, better than the writing
2: He and- should completely be doing a Merlin show on Broadway yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well how do
4: you feel about Act 4
2: Act 4 Act 4 wait is this the one where he opens the closet and there's like the stairs to the solid gold set that he walks <laughs> up are we in that scene yet? Yes. I have notes. I'm That's taking a drink. Up.
4: I'm taking a drink every time one of you motherfuckers <laughs> ruins the next act. What? No. Act four. Later, up in the magical oh. crystal stairs in Merlin's magical crystal room, where he keeps where he keeps magical books, magical potions, and other magical items. Apprentice Zach meets Merlin to work on creating a new pop for Alex. Who is popless.
0: Oh, said Scott Berklin.
4: Things things aren't going well, and we find out that without her pop, Alex will die.
1: Yeah. Not only can she not teleport, she's going to get gray hairs.
4: Well, that was my thing, is that Merlin says Alex will get very old very fast, but nobody says she's actually going to die. So I'm sort of like. You know, he never says that. I guess it's That's implied.
1: True. Well, she all—they also just said she's not human in the previous scene. He
4: was so. like, okay, you get very old very fast. Normally, you'd say she'd get very old very fast and then die, and then you'd go, "Oh shit!" But uh, but she's just she'll get very old very fast. The end. Okay, so she'll be geriatric. But so who cares? Like,
0: well, it was the '80s. It was all about the me generation. If she looked
4: old,
1: then she might as well die. That's right.
4: I guess so. that, that is the literal worst thing that could happen to you.
1: She'll get old shopping.
4: <laughs> Without further ado, Act 5. The next morning, Merlin comes downstairs and tells Alex he still hasn't figured it out yet. And Alex decides to go shopping with Merlin's credit card. And the poor kid has no idea how imminent her death is.
1: And she also is a terrible cook, so we, we uh, explore that trope as well. Well, I think she doesn't
0: know how to cook because she's used to stealing her food like she steals <laughs> her right. clothing.
1: She pops in and grabs scrambled eggs and That's then pops right. back out. Well, the only way to make her feel better is to
4: shop, right, Scott? So this is this is what or, it's all Or about. cook
1: for her man. Or steal. That's right. I guess so.
0: Some call it shopping. She calls it stealing. She then um, caught stealing. Once? When, when she, she was, was five. five? Uh, thank you. I actually have a little bit of that scene too And uh, once again The uh, the sad music continues Max, I'm a big girl I can handle myself Giggity Can I borrow your credit card?
4: Now remember There's a $300 limit
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna blow that at the first store Now just take it Giggity. easy will
3: you? Giggity. You
0: concentrate on popping <laughs> I'll concentrate on shopping Bye uh,
3: Bye <laughs>
4: So sad. She's going to die.
2: Alex
4: oh, no. Is dead. She's
1: definitely going to Alex die. Alex is dying. She's <laughs>
2: dead. The cheapest coffin costs
0: $300. <laughs> oh, I could put that on the credit card then.
4: Act six. Later, up in the crystal room, Zach and Merlin continue working. And they figure out how to recreate a pop for Alex, who is popless, but it's still too small. <laughs> just then, they get a call that Alex is in jail. All
0: right, so here's the part where they use, uh, they use a little bit of science and magic at the same time, Yeah, right?
1: Zach just happens to share that in school, they're learning about Mendel and his basic genetic experiments on uh, crossbreeding peas. So uh, that's basically uh, their moment of science for this episode. Science! Science!
4: well and, and so they were like okay so we just need to mix something of Alex and something of this and then all of a sudden we'll do it and she's like well she, t- she touched this rose so that's good enough
1: yeah. Well, and, and, and if you thought the music was overwrought uh, prior to this the, the music as they're bringing the rose in is maybe tops that I don't know if you have that Dennis
4: Yeah. Alex touched this this morning When she made breakfast.
3: It's not a sweet pea. But let's see.
4: So we go into our next commercial break. Uh, Jingles again. Yeah. It's a Campbell's soup commercial. I I got things to say about this (laughs) soup commercial. It's a kid and his grandpa working on a fishing troller. Right. And that soup is good food.
2: I don't know. Look, here's the thing. <laughs> I, think soup is a, I think soup is a bad choice on a boat. <laughs> that, that kid is going to be covered with scalding hot soup in a matter of <laughs> Third minutes.
1: Third degree burns. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Where's also, Are you
1: saying you would not stir up the Campbells while also, on a fishing trawler?
2: But if you're going to do a soup commercial on a fishing boat, you'd make sense. You'd want to eat clam chowder, right? You'd think, right? Yeah. But it's, it's chicken noodle. Anyway,
1: well, this was actually a season of deadliest catch. So the soup is going to be irrelevant <laughs> about an hour after this uh, commercial was shot. Probably. Um, and, and, and they were both lost. Maybe we sea. should
4: roll the commercial because I don't remember. But the soup Campbell's chicken noodle has equivalent protein to something. So it's was like they're, they're going after that.
0: It's peanut butter.
4: Peanut butter. Yes. Like peanut butter was their big competition. At that Did time.
0: you know that Campbell's soup has more protein than peanut butter?
2: Did you know that eating a peanut butter sandwich over a scalding hot bowl of soup result in 100% less burn injuries? Yeah, we should. Sorry.
0: It should have been a peanut butter sandwich commercial on
4: the boat. And so it should (laughs) have been like, that is the reason you should be making
2: peanut butter. is whats what is what we're saying. Sorry, you, this really got me going. Right? <laughs> well, I don't know if, if you—I
0: don't know if you notice it. I'll play it in a second. I don't know if you notice it, but also uh, they're in this—they're on this little tiny fishing trawler, and they're in this galley where the pot of soup is on a, uh, a portable burner that is on yeah. the same table that the kid is eating at. He's literally his elbow
2: is touching the burner. Yeah. <laughs> See, the thing about the ocean is it moves a lot. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> and. <laughs> Also, why was he bringing his, like, young nephew? Was his nephew or his It was grandkid? his grandson. Oh, that's grandson. Is he, like, lifting fishnets out of the water? Like, is he, like... i he is telling he
1: you, out- this shit's got deadliest catch risk? I don't all know. All I, I, I was, was thinking about. the same thing. Yeah. I've got lots of
2: questions, Campbell. Here, I'm going to play it. Soup is to play of
3: What do you got there, mate? Campbell's soup, sir. Well, you're a learning boy. Soup's plump, full of nutrients. Oh. <laughs> Bet
2: Betcha didn't know that Campbell's chicken noodle me, soup has more protein per calorie than peanut butter.
3: Uh, oh, that was just a ticket. Okay, mate. How would you like to help me with the wheel on the way home? Stambles All right, Grandpa. <laughs> soup is good food.
2: <laughs> they were lost at sea after that.
1: <laughs> I, I love the fact, if you ever wanted to know if those were actors or real people, you've got the grandfather who's like, ah, mate, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then he goes, the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to take the wheel?
2: <laughs> I just love how Campbell's was taking shots at, like the peanut butter industry.
1: Fuck oh, yeah, they're butter. going for it. Yeah, <laughs> they're going for it, peanut butter. Yeah,
4: they were gunning for it. Our next commercial is Love My Carpet. And I do. That's what she said. Does anybody remember Love My Carpet? I do. And I remember yeah, the jingle. This is well. a, uh, a cartoon vacuum is talking about uh, these carpet powders that you put into your carpet to refresh them, I guess. And, and then you, then you put
0: in your cocaine up. to cut it so you get more out of it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. Uh, here it is.
2: You're gonna love, love my carpet. You know, there are three wonderful ways to love, love my carpet. Because love my carpet
4: comes (laughs) in three wonderful (laughs) scents. Citrus (laughs) fresh,
2: floral fresh, and regular. Love my carpet gets dog, cat, and smoke odors out of the rug. Just sprinkle it on and your whole room smells fresh, clean. And all three love my carpet scents keep me smelling fresh. That's why you'll love, love my carpet. Pick
0: them up. I do. Uh, Okay, just so that we're clear, the commercial was hosted by an anthropomorphic uh, uh, vacuum Vacuum cleaner, cleaner. which at the time when I was a kid, I didn't understand because I've only had experience with upright vacuum cleaners. And this is one of the ones that was a canister vacuum cleaner. So I didn't know what the fuck that thing was. I thought it was like a robot or a train or something.
1: I couldn't (laughs) understand. Um, It wasn't until Nunu years later in Teletubbies (laughs) that Dennis would learn. (laughs)
0: Uh, But I will say this. I thought it was cool that... um, I just love the idea of a cat, a dog, and a cigar relaxing with a glass of lemonade just to, just below the surface of well, my carpet. I, I but
1: I gotta I gotta <laughs> jump in with this. I don't know if you guys caught this. The best thing about those three animated things is the cigar is smoking a cigar. <laughs> um, that's like.
4: Uh. That's like, what does Freud, what does Freud say about that?
1: I also (laughs) love the idea of, you know, normally you would uh, vacuum your carpet, obviously, to get debris out. So you're like, well, before I vacuum, I'm going to put a bunch of dirt in my carpet. (laughs) Yeah, I love my carpet. I'll put dirt in my carpet. (laughs) That's right. I I had a note
4: of what exactly, what scent is regular. So they actually (laughs) have two other scents that are recognizable and then, and regular. I just thought that Regulars,
1: was... Regular you love your carpet. The other two are you really love your carpet. You you love with quotations around it.
0: I love your carpet.
1: Um,
2: so you can use that powder to get peanut butter out of your
4: carpet.
0: <laughs> Alright, enough with the <laughs> peanut butter. Fuck
2: peanut
4: butter. Fuck and, that motherfucking peanut butter. Fried
1: scalding soup.
4: You son of a bitch. So then we do a couple... There's a couple commercials for, like, upcoming programming. One is from Simon and Simon. And one is from the cow- cat... From outer space. Oh, here, day. I'll
2: play. I'll play it. Tuesday, Simon and Simon go undercover. We've got a real winner here, threatening to blow up the First Lady's new China. When an avenging tax collector really goes out for blood. What are you, Jack? Blood. And both Simons are the target. First Lady's China. Action and comedy on Simon and Simon Tuesday. Saturday on Walt Disney, Ken Barry teams up with an outer space visitor, and Harry Morgan's out to catch them. It's the cat from Outer Space Saturday.
0: Um, I love that guy's voice. Blood. Simon and Simon are out for blood. blood.
4: I I only have a note about Simon and Simon, in which Simon and Simon apparently had just the most fucking, like, jaw-dropping six-pack. One of the Simons. I don't know which Simon it is.
1: (laughs) Simon one or Simon two?
4: I don't know. I never watched that show, but I was just, like, watching that commercial and going... Jesus fucking Christ, that guy's got, like, a serious I never, why,
1: the only thing I remember about it literally is... That's, so like, the theme is the only thing I remember.
0: Hey, do you guys recognize the, the guy doing the voiceover
1: in this? Doing the, the no. like, the whole commercial run? Yeah. No. Yeah. Listen. Tuesday, Simon and Simon go undercover.
2: <laughs> oh, wait a second. Do you recognize his I, voice? I think I knew who that is. Hang Can on, I hang on. Yes? Maybe this helps. Let me guess. Walt Disney, Ken yep. T- I got who, it. Who is it? That is the announcer from the opening of Scrooge, right? The night the reindeer died. That guy?
0: Oh wait, I don't know if it, I don't know if he was in it. I don't know now if I he think. was in it. I, I'll tell you who. What, the the man's name is Mark Elliott. Oh, okay. And if you remember, he does this stuff. Walt Disney
1: Pictures presents. Ah, yeah, that's the same the guy. It is for sure. Yeah.
0: Picture. Um, he's probably best known for this. And now, our
4: feature presentation.
1: Feature presentation. Uh, that's, that's awesome.
4: Crazy. That's pretty
0: great. Weird that... Uh, so that's it, nas- he's
4: National CBS guy at that time.
0: At that time he was, yeah.
1: Shall I continue? Let's. Yeah, go for but, it. Uh, you, you, we're disappointed that you're not saying your usual transition word.
4: I have been avoiding that because I, I know how, how triggered you guys are.
2: Well, we don't need to say it. We have the actual audio clip. We can just play it. A- Act
4: seven. Meanwhile, down at the police station, <laughs> Alex
2: is getting <laughs>
3: booked. <beat.
0: laughs> God damn it. I had to
1: double click it. Been waiting so goddamn long for you to say that word. <laughs> you guys read my whole script ahead of time. It doesn't I say spent, meanwhile anywhere. I spent about an hour and a half tracking that audio clip. That <laughs> <is>. <laughs> <laughs> All so right, do I wouldn't it again. have to make that goddamn noise <laughs> Meanwhile, down at the police station
4: Yes, so, so Alex is it. getting booked She tells the cop the truth about who she is and her age But he doesn't believe her Merlin comes down and gets her out of trouble I, I think I just start off, my note is that We start out with the cop throwing out the previous statement Because he's frustrated Right. And then he starts all over again. He like puts it in the typewriter and gets all ready. And he's like and then he asks her the same exact questions. But as You'd he's ass- doing it, you would
0: assume you would assume he
2: he would yeah, ask I would assume so. he's yeah.
4: asking, you know, name, age, whatever. And and then he's shocked when she gives him what I presume is the same answers that made
1: him throw away the, the statement in the first place. So, I I should know this as somebody who, you know, lived through that time period, but was very young, so maybe that's why I don't know this. Was vagrancy, like, as a charge, a code word for prostitution? Can't they charge somebody on Mm. prostitution? Because they say that she's being charged on vagrancy, but they imply very heavily there's a whole exchange about... Them, like, baiting her in to saying, you know, oh, they definitely. want entertainment. Yes, yes. Right. So, bad on the cops, first of all, for, you know, trying to entrap somebody. But, you know, they're, they're charging her for vagrancy. Why don't they just charge her for attempted prostitution?
0: Well, I thought that, doesn't she explain later that she punched the cop? Yes. Well, why don't they charge her for punching a cop? Officer. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe that was vagrancy back then. Who knows?
2: Just everything was vagrancy. Uh, Dennis, I think Assault back then was called uh, Fist Vagrancy. <laughs> it,
1: it wasn't where it was supposed to be. Fists of Vagrancy was my favorite arcade game. In oh, British so great. good.
3: <laughs> I
2: loved uh, that game.
4: So Merlin comes in to rescue her <laughs> and goes through, goes through a big, like, thing to make it happen. He pretends to... He goes into another room and then comes out as a cop
1: and when all other stereotypes are taken away you can always fall back on making fun of the Irish true yeah he comes out
0: he comes out with this typical uh, I'm a police officer I'll get you out of here let's go Alex but he Uh, was singing Irish eyes
4: earlier in the episode maybe he was just like he's Irish me darling I just don't know why he didn't just like pop her out like he's got magic like why go through the thing
0: (laughs) i don't know he likes dressing up and he loves doing that accent
4: that's got to be the ultimate conclusion is that he can do that other stuff he chooses to do
1: this he He chooses to make fun of the irish
4: (laughs) 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 he's like every chance i get (laughs) (laughs) totally totally too
0: i read somewhere that merlin was from uh like the the celtic region of uh of uh, what's that place called again? San Francisco. San Francisco. <laughs> no, wasn't he, wasn't he like a, a Celtic, like a folklore figure, Merlin? Am I crazy? Yes. What is what is Merlin? By the way, let me, let me ask you guys a question. He's a wizard, right? He's a wizard, but he didn't exist. Like wizards didn't actually exist. Um, what? I'm
1: sorry. Well, he's a he's a George Lucas would have us believe otherwise during
4: pod <laughs> racing. His father was a succubus? <laughs> succubus? Yeah, sure, why not? Am I getting that right? He's and a demon his, or
0: something. His father yeah. was a demon. His mother was a cow?
4: No.
1: His no. mother was a mother. He's you half guys human. are just totally making this shit up. Aren't he's you?
4: half human and half demon.
1: And all man.
4: Yes. And I thought the demon half was succubi. So because he's succubus, he can, he can woo you quite severely so it doesn't look like it when you're looking at bernard hughes but no but oh boy can he get oh you. he'd
1: woo the shit out of you oh man irish oh accent. man
4: he'd make you do things that would that would question maybe
0: that's maybe that's the the thing in order to he'd give you a pop in order to woo somebody he's got to like put on these airs, right he's got to like so maybe that's why he dresses up like an irish cop to get her <laughs> out that's where his power comes he's from he's
4: like I've done this so many times oh, this
0: always works
1: <laughs> <laughs> ladies like the Irish cop
0: outfit. it <laughs> uh, uh, well before we move on with the scene when you guys when, when you think of Merlin what pops into your head no pun intended like what, what version of Merlin you know is, is the one that you think of Like, for the, me
4: it's the Excalibur Merlin with the, the chrome dome <laughs> ah The 19, I don't know what that was. Birkeland, is it 82 Uh, or 78 or something? Might have been 70s.
1: I know that uh, version very well, but for me, it's always the sort of pointy hat. It was 1981, by the
0: way. It was 81. Um,
1: But it's always the sort of, you know, pointed hat, almost Gandalf-y, you know, looking kind of guy. Yeah, I, I,
0: I think that too, but kind of cartoonish looking. Uh, that's what yeah. comes to mind. The, 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 the sticker that was on my uncle's bong when I was a kid. <laughs> exactly. The <Basically. A> wizard <laughs> bong.
2: <laughs> yeah, That's right. That's I mean, I think of, uh, when I think Merlin, my first thought is Merlin Olsen, the FTD sportsman.
1: <laughs> Give it, giving you an FTD pick-me-up bouquet? Yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, he
2: was great on uh, Little House in the Prairie. I only know him from the FTD commercials. I've seen all of them. They're great.
1: <laughs> well, you
4: gotta check well, out you gotta go back Mary and check Kate out Mary Kate Olsen's
1: the, right about Merlin Olson being yeah right.
2: go ahead and go back and check
4: out his his stuff on Little House he was he was charming
1: alright so uh
0: he shows up as a cop and uh manages to uh to say that uh Alex is oh I'm captain of another precinct and Alex is me daughter
1: that's me <laughs> prostitute daughter <laughs> anyways
0: she's able to uh to to go home with
1: Max at that point <laughs> on to act 432 yes we're on only Act 8. Mm-hmm. Don't appreciate the it mocking. It only feels like 430. Act
4: 8, back at Merlin's house. Leo, Zach's best friend, shows up looking for Zach. Since Merlin and Zach are busy, Alex decides to go to Fisherman's Wharf with Leo. She discovers a gray hair before they leave. An early sign of death.
1: <laughs> Not on her head. <laughs>
4: okay. So uh, that's what they do. That
1: was the, that's the scene. That's the act, guys.
0: Uh, yeah. Leo also looks like John Davidson.
1: <laughs> Everybody, we were all John Davidson back then.
0: <laughs> the Legion of John Davidsons.
4: Yeah, it was that feathered kind of hair thing going on that even I tried to sport at this at this time of my of the, really. Oh yeah, feathered hair was.
1: The and way did to go. we uh, see? Some I pictures. still have
4: feathered hair, guys. Not on your head. Everyone, everyone <laughs> listening, everyone listening, just know that I still feather my hair. Just, oh, just don't ask where.
0: Ugh, he's bald. He he shaves his
4: head. And I part it down the middle. No. What? Oh, it's, God. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> so we talk about the fact that Leo at least looks closer to, I think, the age range they're supposed to be than, uh,
3: than like Zach does. He's short. He doesn't yeah, he's a
1: little guy, actually but... look like he's. 15. Yeah, well, he's there's 13 years of age difference between him and Alex in real life, the the actors. So it's it's not as bad as it looks on in the episode when you actually look at their birth dates, because watching it, I was like, oh, he's hitting on her and she's much older. But she's 13 years older.
3: Hmm.
4: Is that not a lot? That doesn't if- seem like that seems still within the realm of hitting.
0: Really? Even so, but he's playing a fifteen-year-old kid.
4: A fifteen-year-old kid hitting on a so-called twenty-five
1: or six-year-old. No, she's 1100. eleven hundred. 1,100. Good point. The only reason she doesn't look like Yule Brenner is she has a cream for that. <laughs> um. And then my understanding is Scott, you also had a cream for that when you were watching did,
3: it.
0: Yeah, which is
4: why I don't look like Eul well, Brenner.
0: You have a cream for her. I think is what I meant to say. I don't have
4: a cream <laughs> for that, because I do love like, like Yule Brenner. So what the fuck?
1: You should get a cream for that. I uh, get.
4: <laughs> I got to start watching more of these episodes.
1: When we get to the next set of commercials, I think there's one for, <laughs> <laughs> for Yule Brenner cream. <laughs> so Act Nine got a great jingle. Don't
0: smoke, please. Don't smoke, my cream. <laughs> <laughs>
1: please don't smoke. I'm John Huston. Don't smoke. No, Yule Brenner did that. Inact. No, it's John Houston, wasn't it? I, Yul Brenner did it, it too. Or maybe they Yul did Brynner. a series of them because I remember oh. Houston doing them too. Because he <laughs> oh. had the uh, he had the oxygen going to his nose. Don't, <laughs> kid. yeah, don't smoke, kids. Yeah, I remember being John
4: Hughes, dude. John Houston. Sorry. John Houston. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, no. sorry. No. I apologize. Uh, oh. John no. Houston. They're both dead. They're both dead. So how can I? Obviously, I can get it wrong.
1: Yeah. What are they gonna do? Correct me. Can
4: I just move on? Can I just move on to Act Nine? Yes. Up in the Crystal Room, Merlin has come up with a way to grow Alex's Pop for Alex, who is Popless.
0: And how does he do that?
4: Oh Jesus! So I—I I, now that now I'm actually here, I don't remember how this came up, but he was saying one if by land, two if by sea, and that was his way to reference to uh, Zach that. That apparently, this is it. One if by land, two if by sea, is a reference to.
0: What the fuck was
1: that?
2: <laughs> I acquired emphysema. I've discovered a very special brand: the courage of those fighting diseases of the lung. What price breathing? Anyone can get lung disease, even babies. Help the American Lung Association fight lung disease. It's a matter of life and breath. It really is.
1: Wow. Died of emphysema, August 28,
3: 1987.
1: <clears throat> Jesus. Wow.
4: Let's talk hey. about comedy. All right, here, hang on, hang
2: Ladies on. Ladies and gentlemen, the late Yule Brynner. I really wanted to make a commercial when I discovered that I was that sick and my time was so limited. I to make a commercial that says simply, now that I'm gone, I tell you, don't smoke.
1: Don't smoke. Whatever you do, just don't smoke. But if you're a studio guide, hang out in my bar at the basement of the Sheraton, Ooh. Universal City.
4: No, that's that's not Yul Brenner.
1: He he had a bar in the the I can't I can't no, remember. No, Telly Savalas name. It was had, had Savalas. a bar. Oh. You're losing the, your
4: your nerd card they're the, again. They're the same.
1: They're both bald. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Who loves you, baby?
1: Don't smoke. Your nerd card is going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Good.
1: Oh, I think Dennis just recorded the commercial. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who loves you, baby? Don't smoke. All right. I'm you a brenner. All right. Your penance is you have to
2: watch every players club commercial. <laughs> back
3: to back to back.
2: Uh.
4: But only uh. the audio recording. Yes. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I don't even know where we're at.
3: <laughs> oh, the uh, <laughs> the one of my land to a by sea. Oh my god!
4: <laughs> uh, so apparently, um, the one of my land to a by sea is a is a reference to Paul Revere. Paul Revere. Yes.
0: yes, the British are coming.
4: The British are coming, and so the idea was that they were going to light one lamp if if the british were attacking by land they're going to light two lamps if by sea we infer from this scene that merlin is the reason that the lamps like a luminosity was enough that you could see them or something right. or other that he had the he was there and that he had helped that situation out this was such a massive with a switch like what a fucking stretch like what a yes. stretch that he they invented were going
1: to switch just specifically for Paul Revere's lantern
4: for just to, making sure that the lantern increase the luminosity
0: and maybe just maybe it will work to make Alex's pop brighter um, but, but just the uh, the idea that that this switch that they had whether whether it was something he's been working on or whether it was something connected to history because he's 1100 years old it was really a, a deus ex machina. Like it had nothing to do with the rest of the story. He just finds it in his oh, definitely. gadget box. He goes, oh, I'll use this. Hey, great. We've fixed her pop. Now we just got to get it in her. Am I right, Scott?
2: Oh, so, yeah.
0: I just think that was a really dumb way to solve that problem.
2: For me, it was, it was uh, more just the fact that he's Merlin and he, they've established that he has the power to conjure anything. Right. So it's just like, there's so many things in the show that could have been fixed with his magic powers, but they didn't do it. So it just kind of takes away from the, the tension of the drama when your character can just, you know.
0: But, but they do have a problem that seems like it's going to be hard for him to fix with magic uh, that comes mm-hmm. up here. And that's the real conflict, it seems like. It, like There's no real conflict in this whole story until like the last couple of scenes. And that yeah. comes up in Act 10.
4: Act 10. Later downstairs, Alex and Leo come home and Leo thinking Alex's pop is a lamp accidentally absorbs Alex's pop when he opens the box. Leo pops home and Alex discovers another gray hair. The clock is ticking, folks. Does any of that make sense?
1: Soon she'll have three.
0: So uh, yeah, (laughs) there's an arbitrary time limit on this. I don't think we've, we've mentioned it before. So Max says that if we don't hurry up soon, she's going to die uh, or no, she's, she's going to get really, really old um, and really, uh,
4: really fast, really, really fast and I think uh, neither of which is happening
0: I think in the, well, she's got two gray hairs at this point, I think Stand yeah, correct and a today,
1: microphone I <laughs> uh,
4: so
0: I think actually, speaking of microphones, are you going to keep smacking I that apologize. fucking thing I apologize
1: nice work um, are you just swinging it around like Roger Daltrey? <laughs> Oh my God,
0: Jeff, we won't be fooled again. Yeah. Um, so I think it's in the, in <laughs> I think it's in the previous scene where Zach says- That was my Telly
1: Savalas impression.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think in the previous <laughs> scene, uh, Zach asks Max how much time is left. He said, like, not, not much time left at all. Like, I don't know how he Take knows. Take my word
1: for it. Yeah.
0: Trust me. She's going to die soon.
4: They do that a lot. And you're just sort of like, okay. So she's got two gray hairs and we're- 20 minutes into this episode. Right. So in the I
3: last
0: can... two minutes, though, the real conflict happens when Leo accidentally absorbs the pop and zips off to wherever he zips off to back home or whatever. Well, So
4: in the previous scene, they had create, they had figured out how to create the pop. They put it into a plexiglass box and then they have the box waiting for Alex to come home to absorb it. And Leo, a complete douchebag, thinking it's just a normal lamp. Touches it and or opens it or something and then, and yeah. then absorbs the pop. So I, I'm in that point where I'm sort of like, shame on you guys.
0: Why? Shame on you for watching it.
4: Because they know for first being of all, careless yeah. with the pop. Yeah. You know, Leo is an idiot like that. Like, why would you put a thing on a table where a person who just walks in can open it and then whoever it is will immediately absorb the power of the pop?
1: We're just going to put this down and walk away. Now, Leo, don't you touch this box.
3: Hey, what is that, a lamp or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to touch that lamp.
1: That's not what he sounds like.
3: Look no. at me, I'm Leo. Hey, I'm Leo, I'm going to touch lamp. I'm a lamp toucher. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that sounds like a character. You should stop playing clips and do your impression.
0: Yeah. I'm going to start. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a whole series for Leo the Lamp Toucher. <laughs>
3: yeah, Leo the Lamp Toucher. I'm going to touch that lamp. Y'all. I'm going to touch that and lamp. And I'm happy
1: to say I rescued a drowning potato today. I'm sorry, other idiots shit. What was that from? Drowning Louis it? the Lifeguard. Oh, yeah. Where have you been? Don't drown your food, motherfucker.
3: I'm Lewis, the lifeguard, and happy to say I
2: rescued a drowning potato today. They drowned it in sour cream. Oh, what a shame, because food's so much better when it's practically plain.
3: So don't drown your food in mayo, salt, so ketchup, or goop. Yuck! It's no fun to eat, what you can't even see. So don't drown your food
4: Act 11. Merlin and Zach rush over to Leo's house and convince him he's just dreaming all of this. He had popped back to his house. He had instantaneously transported himself back to his house. He was confused, but they managed to go over to his house and convince him he was just dreaming it.
1: Well, and this is, uh, to mire this in a time period, this is after, uh... Mr. Merlin tells Zach that they need to get to him before Alex starts doing guest shots on Overeasy, which, as much random shit as I have in my head, I had no idea what that is. I have no idea what that is. It was a PBS show that ran from 77 to 82 um, that was geared towards, as they said, the older viewer um, and was hosted by uh, news anchor Hugh Downs. Oh, boy. Who just passed away recently. Yeah, that's true. Wow.
0: Depending on when you're listening to this. So
1: we're informative and topical.
0: Wow. So I have news for uh, Max Merlin. His show is on CBS. That means that his show is geared towards older people.
4: That that is true. Yeah. So I'm going to take us to act 12. Let's do it. In the crystal room, Merlin and Zach connect Leo and Alex with a glass tube that sucks the pop out of him. (laughs) And gives it to Alex.
1: Their plexiglass budget on this show <laughs> is just through the roof.
4: Yeah, it's like a pop swap.
1: It's literally oh. just a, yeah, it's just a tube they hold between them.
0: Yeah, I saw that tube on a Swedish sex site that, you know, you can <laughs> suck the pop out of
4: one person and put it in another.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Gets pop, pop being gerbil. The pop
4: all over everybody. It's like, oh, I got pop all over my face.
1: no. What? They missed their opportunity to do a cross promotional with Shasta at the time. Or Pringles. That's right. Once (laughs) Once you pop. Once you pop. I wanna pop. You can't stop. I wanna Shasta. (sighs) Uh,
4: So Leo is knocked out, and that's how they kind of are able to go into Act 13, where they're downstairs, and Leo sort of magically wakes up from his dream. And they convinced him that he was shocked by touching the what he thought was a lamp, but was actually the the pop inside the plexiglass box he touched. And then Leo goes home and Alex pops out and back with popsicles and says, thanks, boys. <laughs> so we just wrap this up
1: there. The, see, the joke for those uh, listeners at home is the popsicle is the food of her people.
0: That was a cute joke. She delivered it well.
1: She, you, you will get no arguments from me. That is, and, and my massive true. crush. You on might
4: it. even get some fapping from Scott
1: on that. <laughs> oh, how dare you?
4: Some popping. <laughs> <laughs> I popped everywhere. <laughs> I'm talking about the 11 year old Scott. Who now is... can
1: we can we talk about the punchline of it? Because again, it yeah. was the 80s being yeah. a, a cheap gay joke. Yeah, that it's like Alex is is in the middle giving them the popsicles and but she's in between max and and zach and sort of you know says oh you guys can kiss me on each cheek and then of course pops out so they almost kiss each other heaven yeah Yeah.
4: and i was i noted that that was the moment when fan fiction was invented
1: because i was thinking (laughs) that (laughs) is the very
4: that's the very moment when people are like yes somewhere yes. Those... buried deep in an 8chan thread yes <laughs> <laughs> mr merlin and zach should be having
1: sex that is the thing and i'm going to write about it right now
0: Oh, well, season two
1: we can we do go- it guys that wasn't he wasn't saying that off the cuff jeff is literally writing porn fan fiction. no i was typing he's writing it right now it's just
4: talking out loud i didn't know that you guys were listening
1: in that'll all be resolved in season two our final commercial break comes
4: and it's uh A product that I've actually am familiar with, Dristan. Dristan (coughs) that provides twelve hour relief and it's long Dristan a night
1: away.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What did we say in the last? We were we were talking about. uh, Oh shit! What was we were? Aniston Cooper and Dristan Rather. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) would be cool names for anchor for for news (laughs) anchors, Dristan Rather and Aniston Cooper. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Have you ever heard my rant about how, uh, during the debates in whatever primary debates that Anderson Cooper hosted for the Democratic Party, I desperately wanted, uh, Bernie Sanders to ask Anderson for an Anison. <laughs> Anderson, I need an Anison. <laughs> I will ask you once, Anderson. I need an Anison. <laughs> Do we want to run that clip? Yeah, let's run it.
4: Yeah.
2: Joyce, I'll never sleep with this stuffed-up nose. Got some capsules, tablets, liquid... They can't do what this
1: can do. New Dristan Long-Lasting Nasal Mist. Relieves congestion
2: fast. Lasts up to 12 hours. That was fast. I'm clear. Get some sleep. New Dristan starts to work in seconds. Lasts up to 12 hours so you can sleep. Dristan Mist got me through the night. I'm still clear. New Dristan Long-Lasting starts to work in seconds. Lasts up to 12 hours. And now that I've
1: snorted it, I don't talk like Woody Allen anymore. It's like it's a tablet or a liquid. <laughs> it just, it made me think, boy, we had a lot of snortable OTC stuff back then. <laughs> well, it do was guys- just, it, it's
0: just the ones that have to do with your nasal passages. They weren't like,
1: oh man, my, you're saying a suppository. When I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Scott, you've never taken Dristass. <laughs>
4: if you can if you can snort the nasal your,
2: suppository
4: if you can snort through your ascot, you have a porn career in front of you that is unparalleled who's to say I can't
1: you would know if all my stuff wasn't taken down in the great Pornhub purge of 2020
4: <laughs> the second commercial is Crest who is announcing a new flavor called
2: gel <laughs> introducing a great new taste in
1: toothpaste advanced formula Crest in a gel
3: I love the flavor. I love the
1: fight. We start off every morning fighting. Fighting cavities with a gel as tough as Crest. Oh! Only
2: advanced formula Crest has three flavors. Regular, mint, and new gel.
1: All
3: with
2: Floristat, Crest's proven cavity fighting system.
3: I love the flavor. I love the fight. Every morning, every night. Fight, fight,
1: fight. 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 New Crest flavor, same Crest fight. What are the odds? This is the family from the taco commercial. I like making them. I like eating them. Wait, what taco commercial are you talking about? Was it uh, what is the home taco Ortega? Was it Ortega? <laughs> maybe the home taco. Kit. <laughs> what is yeah.
2: the home taco? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was snor It was snortable.
4: The home what taco is- was
1: snortable in
2: the eighties. What the fuck is
4: gel flavor?
1: <laughs>
4: what um, is wrong with these commercials of this era? Where they were just like, "We'll just make a flavor regular. This will be regular smell.
1: This will be never gel flavor.
4: This is gel flavor. Go to hell,
1: commercials. <laughs> you're you're gel flavored. <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: probably true. Uh, That's accurate.
0: All right, we got one more commercial that came on uh, right at the end after the uh, end credits, uh, and I'll play that one right now.
2: How many times do you find yourself running to the store for bread or eggs, and then having to run right back again for milk or ice cream. Running in and out for all the things you run out of can take a lot of time. At
1: Farm Stores, we understand how valuable your time is. Farm Stores, the fastest, freshest stores in town. Lord. Ah. So we talk locally, about how that theme dangerously flirts with becoming the Meow Mix song. Yeah. Meow meow meow, meow 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 Meow. Only sung
0: by robots. Well, you know what I thought they were trying to do? It's almost sounded like it was Space Invaders.
1: Kind of yeah. like was sling ah, up. I thought, it was, yeah, I thought that's it an was an interesting theory.
4: Yeah, like a video game thing
1: there. Timing would be right. Um, so I'm I'm glad you put this one in. So this is the sort of the essence of the localization of this episode for me. So we had these stores that we'll, we'll talk about how they weren't as original as I thought, um, where I lived in Florida, called Farm Stores. And basically, it was this little tiny kind of shack that had uh, a sliding glass door on either side of it. And the whole like conceit of the thing was it was just the essentials that you supposedly needed from a grocery standpoint. So you would drive up and you would say, hey, I need a gallon of milk. And it was literally just like milk, bread, eggs and ice cream, which I guess was essential back then, at least according to the fine folks at farm stores. Um, So I thought that was this weird little thing that was particular to Florida and the area that um, I lived in. And then lo and behold, upon talking to Dennis, Uh, found out that Altadena had a similar uh, setup, I guess.
4: I got one three minutes from me right now over on Colorado and uh, Chevy Chase. Don't tell everybody where you live, Jeff. I'm not not telling where I live. You said it was
0: three minutes away. Now we know they're within a three minute radius of the Altadena on Colorado and Chevy Chase. Yeah. Is where you live. This is how
1: they like find people on crime shows, Jeff. Uh Yeah.
4: Well, you know what? That's maybe the prize. Their ability to kidnap me and tie me to a chair and sodomize me is maybe the prize they get for, Why like, you working want it them out.
1: to sodomize you.
4: There you have it, just,
2: listeners. You have a challenge
1: <laughs>
2: with a plexiglass Some...
1: tube that they use to feed the pop in. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. It'll... It'll
0: be easy to find Jeff. He's the guy that's sitting out in front of his house inside yeah. of his car. Podcasting.
1: Why aren't you stopping? I'm right with, here. With his assless pants on,
4: waiting for that plexiglass tube. Conveniently loaded. <laughs> located three
1: minutes from <laughs> downtown Altadena. Conveniently loaded tube? <laughs> that, too. Well, well, that's after the tube goes in.
3: <laughs> oh Please my goodness. don't smoke. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Makes
4: no sense. Anyway. <laughs> all
0: right. That was, uh, <laughs> that Wait, was what? Did you have something gonna, else?
4: You're not wrapping up, are you?
0: Oh, do we have something
4: else? Yes. What are we doing next? We want to know what the moral of this story oh. was. Oh, oh right. That too. Uh,
1: there's a moral?
4: Well, I don't, I don't know. That's for us to determine. It's unknowable until we determine it.
0: That's right. That's
4: right. Um, I guess I'll start since I force this on you all. Do it. Don't overdo something. You might lose, but then get it back because
1: you're you. Okay. All right. I know those words, but that sentence makes no sense. <laughs> it doesn't.
4: So, <laughs> she Alex overdoes it and then loses her power. So don't you shouldn't overdo a thing, but then Merlin comes in and just like gets it back to her. And then they were like And then she starts like you know, popping in and out to go get popsicles and do different stuff. And they're just like, she's, gonna, she's not going to follow the rules. And they're like, yeah, but she's Alex. What are you going to do? I mean, what are you going to do? Alex. So it feels See, like yeah. the moral is you shouldn't overdo something. But if you're you, you go ahead and do it anyway.
1: See, I thought the moral was don't lose your pop. But if you do, use the light switch you invented for Paul Revere to fix it if you're well yeah if you're ever in that
0: situation remember those words
1: yeah that's right it'll
0: it'll help you out one day uh i think the moral of the story is don't rely on the magical mystical wizard merlin to help you out with his magic powers because pretty much he's useless Uh, other than i guess uh, giving you a couple of bucks out of thin air And uh, remembering that he built a switch for Paul Revere, he didn't really do anything. Didn't he? He can't even use his magic to fix a car that he's working on. Right? How good is this guy really?
4: He makes her go to do it. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. Well, that's why he needs... That's why he needs Zack, because he's old and useless. He needs to get an apprentice in there oh, to replace so, him.
1: See, I th- it, well, and I will tell you, that was always a source of confusion for me as a kid during that, that one and only season was, is the intent that he's going to be another Merlin, or is the intent that he's going to be King Arthur? They they never really clarify. It's a fair that.
4: point. I think the idea is he's apprenticing to become another Merlin, but he does pull the these sword yeah, you know crowbar thing out of the
0: bucket of concrete yeah or they're mixing their lore a little bit it seems like
4: yeah well and we will never ever know unless, unless
0: unless that fanfic starts coming in
4: well unless you get your special power back or i mean sorry josh gets his special power back and
0: brings everybody he's it, back to bring life back
4: to cast and you yeah. don't get your special power back so that you don't all you know murder them.
0: All right. So that was Mr. Merlin. On to the next thing, um, Jeff. It is your turn to pick next week's show.
4: I thank you, and I apologize. Uh, this is a show that I was a massive fan of when I was a wee lad, but it is also one of the one of those hour long episodes.
3: No.
1: Um.
4: <laughs> I apologize. Oh,
1: you mother effer.
4: I know. But this this came out, this is a weird kind of thing that came out when it came out. It was it was a theatrical release movie that was designed to then be the pilot for the series. And I am Ooh. talking about Buck Rogers in the Twenty First Century. I didn't know that.
0: It was a movie first?
4: It was a movie first, theatrically released, and I think they were probably riding on the high of Star Wars like everybody else.
1: I feel like I probably saw this theatrically. And then
4: it went directly with the entire cast was, was in a film with film budget, and they released it theatrically, and then they went right into just a normal TV show. Um, wow. the one we'll be watching, I think is season one. And I can't recall. I think it might be episode nine called cosmic whiz kid,
1: which was also the name of, uh, Dennis's uncle's mom <laughs> that had the wizard sticker. Uh,
4: there's a special guest star that really made me really feel like this was the episode we needed to do.
0: Uh, don't but tell will, us who it is. Don't tell us who it is.
4: I won't tell you who it is. All right. So we have that. We're going to watch that and we'll be back next week with that. All right. Um, And it will probably be the exact same length as this 27 minute long (laughs) episode because we can't seem to do anything under three hours.
0: All right. Well, there we go. We have uh, we have our uh, assignment. It's. Uh, you said Mr. Rogers and the
4: Cosmic Whiz. I, I said Mr. Rogers and the and the Cosmic Delight.
0: And the Cosmic Delight, which was what my <laughs> uncle put in that bong that had the wizard on it. it well, something called Cosmic Delight. That
1: was the uh, that was the name of the tube they used to insert the pop. <laughs> I <think>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh conveniently inserted. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's it. We are going to uh, go watch our uh, our TV show. Good night, everybody.
1: Good night, everybody. Good night.
0: Bye. KTL Records presents Scott Sings the Podcast. You'll get all the hits from this week's podcast, including Joy Division's Love Will Tear Us Apart. Love, love will tear us apart. And his hilarious take on Van Halen's Running with the Devil, Running on the Treadmill.
1: Running on the Treadmill,
0: yeah. don't forget about Scott's wonderful TV tunes, including the theme to Simon and Simon.
3: <laughs> and for
0: Mr. Merlin, Alex is Dead.
3: Alex is Dead.
0: Alex is dying If you like commercial jingles you'll love the Hershey song
1: Anytime you want delicious chocolate there's no need to go look in very far and I wanna pop, I wanna Shasta. I wanna pop, I wanna Shasta. And if you act now, you'll get Scott's
0: acapella version of the Meow Mix jingle.
1: Meow 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 meow.
0: It's Scott sings the podcast. Only 5.99 for records and 6.99 for tapes. Call now.